podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome once again to the Leeds That Podcast. I'm Paul and today I'm joined by James. Hello. And Rocco. Hello. And I guess what we're here primarily to discuss is the away fixture with uh, at Newcastle that was last night, the 1-1 draw up at St. James's Park, which I think we don't even need to discuss it. We know it's two points dropped, but um, we're going to get into that in a bit more detail and then start to look forward to Fulham. We, we were all there last night, weren't we? And um, Paul, I now know why you, you did the Great North Run. You were just training for the, the stairwell at St. James's <laughs> Park, weren't you? Well, I was really relieved because I'd been told it was 14 flights of stairs, but it's not. It's seven levels that are kind of the double one equals one level. So actually, it was a doddle, mate, them stairs. It's still a long way. I went, I was, I went um, with my brother-in-law to the game and I, I got to the top and I just sort of like looked around and thought, where, the, where is he? And I saw him come over the brow of the last step and he'd like taken his jumper off. He was sweaty. He was a sweaty mess. It was funny. I got tickets in the home end just to avoid that. Did you do well to uh, remain under wraps or? Yeah, I did. I did. It was, uh, yeah, scoring after 12 minutes and it was looking pretty easy at the time. So, yeah, there was nothing to get too uh, emotional about at that point. But, yeah, if we'd have got the winner late on, uh, it would have been a different story. Right, you can answer this for me then. The The BBC report says that from the third minute that we want Brucey out chance, we're going round the ground, right? I never heard it once. No, I, I think it started after we scored, to be honest. Um, they didn't seem to be chanting anything. They were just getting on the players' back. There was, it was a strange support. They were they're just like so negative when they're defending, but then when they were attacking, they were, you know, roaring them on a little bit. But no, the, the Geordie roar is uh, it's a bit of a myth, isn't it? I was right up against the weird shirtless children brigade up in the top corner where I think they just put the idiots and they were just chanting at us about they had two chants one that involved jimmy savile like all night and then one that was that our support wasn't very good that was it and uh then they did that whole we're gonna batter you thing but there was a whole kind of uh segregation there's a whole block that was empty and there was a line of police and a line of stewards so the amount of big men that you get who were like come on then, come on well i'll see you outside and you're like very easy to say that when you're separated by 25 seats and uh... <laughs> there's there's such a weird environment around that club at the minute i was i was looking around and just trying to figure it all out for a period of time whilst i was looking out of the stand above the tyne bridge which is a pretty weird feeling and on the big screen they were just playing like loads of footage of fastino Aspria and shearer from 25 years ago and and it it feels like they've got nothing to look forward to as a club and they are literally just living off the past. And it, it, it's almost like when we were in the Ken Bates era at Leeds, like we, we only really had the, the past to reflect on. And even like the halftime comp here, it was like, there's no buzz about him. I don't know if you were listening to him, but he was just like, and uh, it's Jack, it's Jack's birthday today. He was reading it like it was a, the city's obituary or something. It was, it was just weird. It's just, it was such a weird place to be. He said one to, I think it was Julie who has congratulations to Julie who has started her semi-retirement after 37 <laughs> years in the NHS. <laughs> I'm like, 
I was like, I was happy to applaud it, but if he'd have given it a bit of whip, I think he could have had 56,000 people going, Julie, you're a hero. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. But the weird thing that they did before the game that I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't don't have a memory of any other team doing this, is that their pre-game highlights package was that the, the role, the video clips, were just of the goals they've scored against Leeds. So it wasn't their greatest goals. It was a highlights reel of goals against Leeds. And I thought, it's a bit scummy, really. It's a bit low. I felt it was cheap. God, is that cheap, aren't they? We don't do that. But equally, no one does. So the game itself, then, let's uh, let's get into it. Obviously, the first half was brighter. What what were your highlights? What were like? Do you, do you think players? Who who did you pick out? Who was playing well? Because socials are obviously toxic when you don't win. Unless you win four 0 it's a toxic place to be. But the, there's a lot of people getting called out. How fair is it? I think we should start with Rodrigo. I thought it was class in the first half. It was it was just running the show, and I do think he showed you know, what his potential is. But then obviously, you know, you're playing against Newcastle who are in disarray and, you know, one of the worst teams in the league and he's got acres of space. But nevertheless, he looked he looked a class above to me. Second half, he was quieter, but then he still should have created the winner. He played a beautiful ball into Bamford and Bamford fluffed, fluffed his shot. So, uh, no, no, uh, fair play to Rodrigo. He, uh, I thought he answered his critics very well and scored a brilliant goal, I might add. I'm, I'm crediting him with the goal. Scored yeah, without even touching it. I, I was still... Um... A little bit disappointed we didn't win, so I hadn't watched any highlights back. I'd only seen the the Dan James penalty incident back, and I, and I watched them just before we started recording. And yeah, I agree. Like Rod, Rodrigo made made that goal really, didn't he? He knew exactly what he was doing, and and I do I do think he had a much better game than we've seen. And and I know similar to you, Rocco, that it feels like oh, well, it's only Newcastle. So what does that prove? But equally, he was pretty terrible against Crew. Uh, <laughs> so so actually, it's a tougher opposition, and he proved himself in it, but. Again, it goes back to everything that we said on the last podcast, or certainly I said, where it's you know is it is it's not working in that position for him. But at the end of the day, Bielsa does know it better than anyone else, and yeah. maybe there's maybe there is a very good valid reason to to keep going with him there. Yeah, the thing that impressed me as well. Um, so I was quite I was sort of near the halfway line and quite low down. Um, so you get quite a different feel for it. It's very different to the seat I have at Ellen Road and. Rodrigo, you know, he was like, he was a bit like Pablo, you know, influential in, in his um, sort of, yeah, even even off the ball, he, he was sort of dictating the play, you know, bellowing the instructions and, yeah, pulling the strings, you know, even when he didn't have the ball, he, he, he was really impressive and he didn't look like a guy that was suffering with confidence, but... Then again, you know, he missed what looked a really easy chance actually as well. But um, I've not seen that again. I don't know how how clear it was, but I think he curled one round the far post in the first half. But no, either way, I was I was really impressed by him. So that's uh, that's a positive. I think our finishing left a lot to be desired, and that's like oh, Furpo. Come on, like let's <laughs> talk about Furpo generally because like he is not. We haven't brought him in to do the uh, the tappings or the side foot or that anything but what he did i had a lot of space next to me because we were right up in the top corner and people didn't come and i genuinely had a hissy fit and threw myself to my knees when he did that because it was diabolical and my brother texted me asking me if i'd caught it i was like well it's at the other end but it's gone into orbit so it'll come around eventually um but what about his defensive work did he improve did you did, you, did people take any positives from junior's game well for me i think he uh i think he committed himself far too early for the goal and far too easily just 
you know, suddenly was on the floor when I don't even <laughs> think he was shaping to shoot at that point. And he was just, just threw himself in there. And I think he did a little bit similar in the, the Man U game, one of those goals. I think he, he was a bit easy to commit himself. Um, yeah, I, I, I've not been impressed, to be honest, so far. Um, and yeah, like I say, that miss was abysmal. But then he did quite well leading up to the miss, didn't he? Surged forward and played a nice ball to to Rafinha, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit concerned. He's, he's not had a good start, has he? I, I mean, he, he did all right, to be fair, against Liverpool in the end. You know, he's against Salah and he's completely exposed. He managed to tackle him a fair few times. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not impressed yet. The, the thing that I noticed with Firpo that stood out and annoyed me more than anything really was, I think in the first half, sorry, in the second half when uh, Somerville came on and made his debut, which is brilliant for him at 19. And I think he made a pass to Somerville or, or, or Somerville's movement wasn't as he anticipated. And he was just bawling at him. And I just thought, yeah, I'm not really a fan of that. Like, you know, it's his debut as, as if he needs an experienced pro just slating him. I think, you know, what you want to do is talk talk around it and encourage him. And I don't think anyone at the club would necessarily like that as well or look on it in, in any sort of positive light. So that was the thing I think that just let him down. And, and, I, and I do think there's, yeah, more to be desired from him. But at the minute, it's just, it's not, it's not happening as it, as it, should in theory on paper i thought that there was a moment when he i think it was him that was a tiny shoelaces after an attack <laughs> and they burst forward like good god like, well i saw that and i was worried as well but then i saw cooper uh screaming to i think i can't remember who it was who was on the left hand side rafinha switched over to that side didn't he and he was screaming at rafinha to get back so i was like all right it's okay liam cooper's seen it it's fine <laughs> I thought Liam Cooper did all right. That again, this is another one that split uh, opinion. And I thought Luke Ayling was brilliant at the centre half. Uh, before we get on to man of the match, I guess, which is a bit down the line. But I thought, and I think uh, Chris Ayers was pointed out that as Saint Maximum tired, Cooper's superior fitness allowed him to get a bit closer to him. He is a hell of a talent, isn't he? I mean, their tactic was it's rare in the Premier League that you see that, but like their tactic was where is he get the ball to him and and hope he scores if he gets injured like last week, they are screwed they might yeah. be screwed anyway yeah I, I agree I thought the first half Cooper yeah he, he did struggle with him um, but as, as most defenders would because he is he is class um, but yeah second half I thought he did great and yeah I agree Ailing was, was superb all night as well really good it's funny because I bumped into someone on the way out and they were uh, yeah, not impressed by Ailing at all, and I, I thought he was. Yeah, he, he had some moments that could have been better, but overall, I thought he was really good. And you think you're asking a lot of someone to just drop into centre back, who's usually a, a you know a right back. It's a, it's completely different set of skills on on a football pitch. So and he and he's all he's always good. He's like you can tell he says and does the right things. He's a good leader on the football pitch, and I and I, I genuinely like him, and I'm glad he plays for us. I don't, I don't, I don't know what he might have done wrong. I can't remember him. I, I can't remember him doing anything bad. There was a couple of passes where it, that um, he made them put us under under pressure, where they were quite high up the field at that point. But it, you know, we recovered them, and it was and it was okay. And then the uh, the wide forward players, so Dan James and uh, Rafinha, Roberts, and some of them. I did, I did think. I know why we got rid of Helder Costa because we, that was a literal switch. So this isn't really anything to do with that. But when you saw the team come up, I was like, 
yeah, I'm happy with that team. That's fine. Then you look to the bench, and, and th- this is the stretch of it. If you take out Tyler Roberts and Shackleton, there are no there are no appearances. We got <laughs> Red Bear, but I, I thought they did all right, both wide players, but clearly neither are fully match fit. Dan, Dan James's pace is is frightening. Seeing him fizz around in that lilac shirt. Uh, is pretty was pretty impressive, and it was the main the main times I noticed it was were actually when he was working back and he was intercepting mm-hmm. intercepting play. Or there was there was one where he he caught the ball off there right back, and I, I just thought, yeah, there's no chance anyone else on the field would have caught that. And had he not, we were in you know deep trouble. I think they would have broke through. So, and and the the incident you know where he skipped past two players and then was brought down in the box. How that wasn't a penalty. I've got no idea. It's, I mean, we were like the other side of the earth when that happened up in that stand, and it still looked, uh, it's, it looked apparently from there. But you think, well, hang on a minute, I am four miles away from where it took place. But it is ridiculous watching the replays. And it was Stonewall. You, you could just tell it, you know, just completely clatters into him. And funnily enough, it, it like when I've seen, I've seen the replays now, and when you slow it down, you might be able to make an argument as to why, you know, he didn't give it. But in real time, it's just completely obvious he was completely clattered down. And I mean, to be honest, I thought Mike Dean did all right. There was a few times he, you know, he saw, you know, dive swat there were, and he maybe he must have just seen it as, you know, like that Salah one last week on when when Phillips, you know, just sort of stood there and didn't do too much and Salah threw him over uh, Phillips's body. And but it wasn't, I mean, I don't know how he would see it like that. I'm I'm trying to fathom it, but it was ludicrous. And for VAR not to get involved, just yeah, it just makes it so much more annoying, doesn't it? See, I thought Mike Dean was rubbish. And uh, <laughs> because on the general play and what he let go, I was I was fine with. It was what he chose to book was really inconsistent. And the ones that he'd let go, I think it was Rodrigo's booking in, in the grand scheme of what went down, relatively innocuous. So my brother's in the Netherlands and he's watching. And he texted me saying Furpo should have had a second yellow. And I texted him saying, I don't think he should have had the first one. He was like, yeah, he definitely should have said, well, I've got the benefit of being here and being biased. So I think <laughs> I'm right. I, I, do you watch uh, Ted Lasso? It's on Apple TV. No, but I've been, I've had it recommended. Is it? So I'm assuming it's worth watching. Yeah, it's, it is very good. Like the first couple of episodes, I wasn't sold, but now hooked. So I'm going to watch the latest episode tonight. But there was a, an episode, the last episode, Mike Dean cameoed on it and he was, <laughs> he, he was refereeing a game and they hurled some abuse at him and he's like, I've been called worse than that. Just walks away. And that was like his one speaking part. I was like, that sums you up, Mike Dean. Quite happy to appear on a bloody TV show. What was that? So in the second half, and I've got no idea what happened, um, but it, the Newcastle keeper had the ball and he just stopped the play and walked all the way down to the penalty area and did a drop ball. Out of, oh, yeah. It seemed like it was out of absolutely nothing. I Any think, idea what that was? Yeah, I think Dallow said, this ball's flat, which would have suited Bamford because it was just after Bamford had been put through and then just oh, trickled yeah. it to the keeper. So he kind of looked, called Mike, this is, I'm assuming this happened, so... You were sat in the stadium of light, so this is your interpretation, isn't it? Well, I want to get to your issues with the stadium in a second, because <laughs> that's a whole other issue. But I, I I think it was a case of he thought the ball was flat, and Mike Dean came over and went, no, it's fine, crack on with it. So that, that's all I could fathom from where I was. Right, James, th- these are a few points. Number one, James is scared of heights, so this was always <laughs> going to be an issue. Number two, it was a beautiful view, so... 
who cares how high up we were. But number three, mainly, he keeps banging on about the stadium of light, but we we were like the stadium of light was in the complete opposite direction to the end that we we're in, so it doesn't even work as a geograph. Got me a little. No, bit to that. to be honest, uh, I am quite envious of of St James Park. It's actually quite a nice stadium, isn't it? I've not been before. I thought it was quite nice. Uh, you, you said stadium of light. I thought the I thought the stadium itself was like ridiculously bright. And I know, obviously, <laughs> like with the cameras they've got nowadays, they have to they had to improve the lighting. Yeah. But this is probably the first time I've been to a, a night game. You know, a Premier League ground that requires all that stuff. Because I didn't go to the uh, Crew game, and it, yeah, it like dazzled me when I came in the ground. Yeah. Ludicrous. But uh, I'll t- tell you why. Not issues with the ground, but th- everything just seemed to be ha- happening like weirdly in there. So like ev- everyone on our row. Came Kept coming up and going, is this is this row I? And we're like, well, I think so, but there's no row I in the stand. <laughs> so everyone had got row I on the tickets, but there was actually no row I. So everyone just stood there going, well, is this my seat? I don't know. I was in row V. I think James would have crumbled. <laughs> His legs would have. Yeah, yeah that's high. A few other notes about the stadium. Number one, there were the world's biggest moths attracted to those giant bright lights as well. Like, and we couldn't tell if it was a perspective thing, but they were huge. And then equally, it is a great stadium, but it felt like a real fire hazard going down those steps afterwards. When you're trying to get that many people funneling down, it just wasn't a lot of fun. uh, Judging by your photos that you took, uh, Rocco, I don't know if you saw it, but the ball got cleared out of play into your stand. And uh, I don't know if he was a steward or he was someone working in like the executive boxes and it like flew towards him and he just basically ran to the edge of the stand and went, Boom! And I headed, headed it back onto the pitch. It was, no, it I heard funny. it. I heard everyone cheering. I, I didn't know what had happened. Um, to, to be yeah. fair, the, to be fair, the Geordie man connected well with it. it was well, I'm I'm not going to be corrected on this because I was there. Um, <laughs> because they were bold, I've decided it was Alan Shearer. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. So into the second half. Well, I'm going to jump forward like maybe an hour, hour and a half. We're stuck in the car park, right, and there's a speed bump and Matthew was driving the car and he was rolling back and forwards on this speed bump while we were queuing. And it was quite entertaining. I said, are you doing that by accident? Cause you can't get over the speed bump. Or are you doing it for a laugh? And he was like, for a laugh. So I said, yeah, well, that's the most entertaining I've had since, since we scored to be fair. So I didn't rate the second half very much, but I think it's linked slightly into the issue that I said earlier, our bench, in the current in our current moment is threadbare and the changes we had to make really killed any kind of momentum we had yeah i don't really know what what went so wrong or what changed why the newcastle you know just improved and tightened up and weren't giving us as much space i don't know but yeah second half was a yeah it was completely different wasn't it and we 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 just struggled to do anything and it got to the point where we seemed to run out of ideas and you know when we get to the edge of the box and there's 10 players in front of us you know we know that we're not we're not going to get anywhere especially with uh, certain people on the pitch pass 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 and then let Tyler Roberts shoot from the halfway line (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah but it was like it's not even it's not even a shot as we know it. It was just like a little dribble into the keeper, yeah. wasn't it? It's so feeble. Click yeah. as well. Click shooting. I mean, yeah. I think I, I would have saved every single shot from Leeds tonight. But do you think we looked? Do you think we looked better with Click in there? Yeah, I thought Click played well. To be honest, um, yeah, I was, I was quite happy with him. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's. I did. I, I don't know because Dallas has been so good for so long. 
So I don't want to say that we're better with Click than Dallas, but it, it looked good last night. I don't, I don't know. It's a tough one. When we were going out down the uh, unsafe stairs, people were singing uh, the Ronaldo Vieira song. Um, and I don't know if it's because Ronaldo Vieira is maybe in the country and decided to go and spot Leeds and people saw him and were, were up for it. Or because after a, a draw that's been a little bit boring in the second half, people go into the deep cuts of the catalogue and start just going for anything to, to liven it up a little bit. I think um, I think that song was invented at St. James's when Chris Wood scored that equaliser. Um, so that, that's my theory. I'm not 100% on that. Um, but yeah, maybe it uh, evoked some memories for some people. Well, consciously or subconsciously, I think you've hit the nail on the head and I'm going to go with that. And you were there, so I'm letting you go with it. It's absolute... Do you know what? I don't know why I'm saying this. If you weren't there, you can have an opinion as well, obviously, <laughs> and probably a more legitimate one because you've seen but it's, it. But it's a wrong opinion though, isn't it, Paul? <laughs> it depends. <laughs> it depends like whether it agrees with my opinion or not. Fairly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we didn't... I think the only person that went really touched on is uh, Patrick Bamford wasn't really his night. No. Uh, yeah. That feeble chance, uh, right-footed, didn't get hold of it. Uh, did he have any others? There was one that was a fell on his right foot that he ended up knocking over the bar. But again, it was like, it felt like he could have done more to connect better with it. It was just sort of a flap at it. And mm. it, it really is one of those, isn't it? You know, you, you, you see it over the years, the teams that do well, where they don't really get many chances, but they get one through on goal to their forward and they absolutely smash it in the back of the net and then it's job done and and we're, we're missing we're missing that but that's not just to, to shine a light on him you know I, I do think performances are a bit off all over you know it's not it's not just him I think in saying that I'm going to go to man of the match and I, I, I'll start the ball rolling My, mine is Luke Aylin for his uh, performance so I think that probably tells you a lot that the guy I want to give man of the match is someone who was playing out of position for doing quite well before he sadly got injured and taken off any anyone else got anyone different to offer? Yeah. Uh, well, you say we haven't mentioned uh, we'd, we'd not mentioned everyone, and then you mentioned Patrick Bamford. But for me, it's our Frenchman in goal. I think uh, he he saved the day for us. Uh, he, there were so many times where he made massive saves. Was that one where he he tipped the ball onto the post? Um, and there was countless efforts. I mean, I think. I looked and it was 22 shots. They had five on on target, but they were massive, important saves that he made. And yeah, it could have been a far worse night had it not been for him. It's funny you should say that because the other person we've not mentioned is my man of the match, and that's Calvin <laughs> Phillips. Well, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot about him. <laughs> uh, I thought Phillips is just just immense. I, I just love watching him play. Such was- a he was terrible. He went missing. That's why we didn't. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going with Phillips. Uh, Melies just he's outstanding. I'm, yeah. I, and I might be getting carried away now, but I, I think Melies got a claim to be our greatest ever keeper. I mean, it, it's too early to say that he's better than Martin because he's not. You know, he's played one season, but he's got everything there to to be better than Martin. He's he's absolutely outstanding um and similarly I, I i mean phillips could be one of the best players i've seen play for leeds as well i mean he's he's just got everything he's you know so controlled so dominant he's just brilliant you know he, he did one crossfield ball that didn't land but that's probably like 
he's probably done half a dozen of those that haven't landed in three years, it, it seems. He's he's just phenomenal. So, yeah, he I'm going with Phillips. He was absolutely – like I was saying, he his game has elevated to – to a, such a high level, he he's brilliant. Although those, I remember the other chant that they said they were saying he's just a poo Declan Rice, <laughs> but it's original. But it, oh, it was brilliant. The, the passing range. He he's learnt, he, he's so strong. He's learned to use his strength in a really clever way. He's amazing. It's funny, isn't it? Because we've fallen fallen into the trap of what we did last season, where we just stopped mentioning. Uh, sorry, I say last season, two seasons ago, and we just stopped mentioning Ben White because he was just having phenomenal performance after phenomenal performance. And it's just a given that he does his job and he does it so well on the pitch. But um, it, for me, it's like there was, there was one touch that he made last night on his left foot to then quickly clear it with his right. And it created so much space for him. And I just thought, yeah, that's just a level above. Like no one else on the pitch would have done that. And and I do think the level that he's got to is because he's playing for England and he's round and he is around the best the best players in the country and he's played against some of the best players in Europe and yeah he's 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 immense and he is the heartbeat of Leeds and it does frighten me a bit that that one day he'll go but we need to build a, a, a successful club around him. Looking forward to Tuesday night. Do we have 11 players and how far down the pecking order are you, James, for getting a shout for, for going and playing down at Fulham? Oh, I'm I'm way off. My knees are absolutely shot. I think I've got arthritis in both of them. So, In fact, yeah, I'll probably get in. So, <laughs> <laughs> who, who's going to come in? Creswell must have a shout. He's got to be close, hasn't he? I feel like he'll probably play pretty much the same team. Um I, I, I can't see many changes. I'd like to see Cresswell. I think he he looks like he deserves a chance. I mean, it, it's I'm saying that pretty blind. Well, I'm saying it completely blind. I've never seen him play apart from Crawley, where he was obviously crap. Um, but I'd like to see him again. <laughs> and Cody uh, Drama as well. I, I, yeah, I just I want to I want to see what they're about because they they look the part. They look they look like beasts. So I, I feel like they can do it. Um, Andy once famously sang a song about. Nobody giving a uh, stuff about the Carabao Cup on this uh, podcast. Does anyone give a stuff about this? Like, given the context of the start of our season, I think if we've won a few, had a few more points on the board and people weren't too concerned, then a cup run would be something that everyone was really excited about. But has that shine gone off it? Does anyone care? I would say, uh, for me, it's the opposite. I think because we've started poorly, that we should be uh, putting all our eggs in the Carabao Cup and uh, try and have a good cup run, try and get to Wembley, try and get in Europe. Um, I, I don't understand why we wouldn't. We're fit enough to play twice a week. Just go for it. Um, you know, it, there's not seven games left of the season and we're in a dogfight. I mean, you know, it's ludicrous giving up giving up a cup um, because we've not won in, what, is it four games? Mm. Is it five? It's five in the league, but it, obviously we've had a mega victory over Crew in between that. So, <laughs> like, that masks the truth that we're actually amazing. I think, uh, similar to you, Rocco, I think we should be well up for the cup. And also, playing into what we always say, the consistency of, of and the approach from Bielsa, we, we, need, we need the consistency of playing with a similar team to actually get to where we want to be in terms of our ability to play football. And the only way we're going to do that is if we continually practice and we have the players that we need 
in the positions that he intends for them to be in in the long run. Otherwise, if you're going to swap and change, how are they ever going to get anywhere and become competent to to try and you know beat stronger teams in the league, uh, West Ham, Leicester, etc. That's kind of it. You you sort of uh, hit a really punctuation on the podcast there. You made a definitive point. Um, nailed it. Nailed it or killed it. You debate. I'm going to go nailed it. Um, we'll, we've got the game against West Ham next Saturday. Massive game, really, because they are flying as well. Had really great result in Europe. Do they play? In, they, they can't play in Europe this week then. Is there no Europe this week? Yeah, they must have it off if we're, we're playing Saturday, aren't we? So, yeah. They have a well. Are they still in the cup? No, have they joined the cup because they're in Europe? This will be the first cup yeah. game. But they've got. They they must have a huge amount of depth that they'd be able to rotate if needed. But yeah, it's a big game next weekend because it's a team who are ahead of us in in their journey. I think we should have got more points out of last season, but got none. So it is an it is an opportunity to improve, and a lot of these players are going to be quite hungry for that. So hopefully the week will give us a chance to get a couple of bodies back and uh, over this next uh, couple of games we're going to start to continue our cup journey and pick up a few more points in the league it's worth mentioning it's worth mentioning before we go as well Rocco you've written some lovely articles on the website so if if you've not uh, if, if anyone's not read them just go to leads.com and have a look very good thank you thank you for saying that I uh, yeah I think I'm better at writing than I am talking so don't let this put you off gets involved not true <laughs> I've enjoyed listening and reading your words oh stop it <laughs> well on that note go have a read of Rocco's work and his book bestseller for 25 minutes was it or something yeah 20, 20 minutes it was a bestseller but um, it, it is also <laughs> no book in the history of Amazon has ever been rated higher than my book Marcelo Bielsa versus the Damned United well there you go five out of five stars from 21 reviews now. Absolutely oh. chomping. There's no of that bot that you've paid. <laughs> yeah. Haven't you, got, haven't you got another one coming as well, Rocco? You're like a writing machine. I, I am, yes. I can give you the exclusive. Uh, the O'Leary is, is uh, going to be out in January. I will, uh, I'll release the, uh, the, the front cover shortly uh, for all my fans to see. It's, uh, it's good. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's, uh, it's a hell of a story, so... Uh, yeah, I'm excited about this one. It's going to be great. I hope everyone has a good week. Hope we'll come back after a couple more uh, fixtures with a little bit more positivity around the club. But, you know, we're in a great place. Look at Derby. There you go. I'll leave you with that. <laughs> <laughs>